We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the show. Another edition, another episode of Finding Freedom here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And guys, excited uh, for today's episode. It's going to be another solo show. That's right. That's right, my friends. And while I check my mic to make sure I got the right one on here, I want to tell you uh, a couple things about... There's been some feedback about us releasing our solo feeds, you know, a uh, another way of distributing content. And I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it because Mark and Brian and I dedicated an entire episode to uh, telling you the reasons why and and explaining, you know, what we're trying to get out of it and the driving reasons behind it. Now, I will say this. Um, the feedback we've gotten, especially from, you know, supporting listeners, our uh, patrons, either on Patreon or on Locals, uh, obviously, obviously, we're going to listen to those people first because they're paying us money, and that's just the that's just the truth. So, um, we are listening, and uh, we're definitely taking uh, taking the feedback, and we might, uh, you know, make adjustments that can make it easier for our paid supporters to access content in the most convenient way for them. Not sure what that will be, but uh, just stay tuned for an update on that. And just a couple more notes around the the solo feeds. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about it, although today's episode will be a little bit on the, uh, on the shorter side. Um, so the solo feeds, Mark and Brian and I, we all have our own separate feeds now, in addition to the main Lions of Liberty network. So today's show, you could be listening to on the regular Lions of Liberty network. I'm sure many of you are. Or you could be listening on my felony or <laughs> on Felony Friday on my Finding Freedom show uh, solo feed. Uh, they're both available on iTunes and Overcast and Spotify and, and all the podcasting apps. Um, it's your choice where you listen to it. I would prefer that at least at the beginning you subscribe to both, and you also subscribe to to Brian's Electric Liberty Land and and to Mark's um, Lions of Liberty with Mark Claire feed. Uh, if you've been a longtime supporter, I mean, we've been producing this show for a long time uh, for free, and before that, at a loss, um, we do cover our losses now, and uh, you know we're not making making money hand over fist. Uh, we're doing this because we're passionate about the ideas we talk about and we want to get the word out there. And the reason for the feeds primarily, um, I can speak for my own feed, is to reach more people outside of the typical demographics of the liberty movement. Because, I mean, let's be honest, guys, if I do an interview with a felon, someone who'd been to prison for 20 years and it's this uh, grave injustice and uh, I'm actually the person I was supposed to interview this week, um, but they got COVID, so they couldn't come on the show. But I'll be interviewing them 
sometime coming up. Had to reschedule. Um, she did 14 or 15 years for pot. So just say, for example, an episode like that. Um, of course, yeah, you can share that in your libertarian networks. That's great. I mean, but it's an opportunity with an episode like that to really reach outside and you can share with people on the right who are passionate about criminal justice reform, you know, maybe for fiscal policy reasons, things like that. And you can share with people, you know, on the left who are, you know, bleeding heart liberals who are passionate about reforming the criminal justice system for, for those reasons. And you can bring people into the tent that way just by sharing, you know, maybe not sharing it from the Lions of Liberty Network, but taking it and sharing it from um, the Finding Freedom solo feed, shoot it off to your friend, and they're just getting episodes in that feed. They're not all going to be, you know, episodes that liberals love or conservatives love. Of course not. But uh, there's, uh, you know, there's, it's more streamlined. They're going to get more episodes like that in my feed. And the same thing goes for like Brian with his stuff. If it's, you know, more culture and comedy related uh, type audience or people like that, send it just, you know, send his, just his feed to them. Or if you have, you know, Mark's feed where Mark is getting into some really uh, interesting stuff with um, entrepreneurship and nomadic lifestyle and also some uh, pretty, um, I'll just say, uh, controversial areas. You know, if you have someone like that, um, you, you share just Mark's feed with, with that person. So the idea is to use it to expand the show. Um, and we will have, like, like I did this week on Tuesday, I released an episode in my solo feed, which if you missed it, please, I mean, go, go subscribe to it. Uh, finding freedom. Uh, if, if it doesn't pop up for some reason, <clears throat> just type in finding freedom, John Odermatt. It should pop up on whatever app you're, um, you're on. If, if you type that and even John, O, I, I think it should come up. And I, I published on Tuesday, my episode, how to, uh, how to pass a lie detector test, um, with polygraph expert, Doug Williams, and that was an old episode from, it was like an episode 142 or something I did a long time ago, back in September of 2018. Um, but this gives me an opportunity to take some of these evergreen episodes and use them, like I was saying, use them as a way to reach people outside of, uh, of the typical demographics of our, you know, Lions of Liberty network podcast feed, if that makes uh, makes sense. And I will just say one more note. If you haven't gone back and listened um, to that uh, episode with Doug Williams, please do. And um, unfortunately, Doug passed away in March of 2021 from an illness. So uh, prayers go out to uh, to his family and to his to his loved ones. Uh, you know, unfortunately, after after, you know, after I found the episode again, and I decided I wanted to post it, and I was listening to it again, I was doing research, and I found he passed away. And I was before I knew that, I was hoping to have him back on the show, but so that's that's really uh, really unfortunate that uh, that happened. And you know, in these in these times, that's that seems uh, seems like it happens too often, right? Of course, with uh, <laughs> um, people always die. Let's let, let's not laugh about that. I was kind of leading that into the the COVID discussion in a non graceful way, but. Uh, Let's just stumble right into talking about COVID. Why not? That's what everyone's talking about. And what better way uh, to stumble into it than by, you know, laughing at Whoopi Goldberg? Because why not? Because she has COVID and she's stunned 
that she has COVID. She's absolutely stunned because she's done everything that Lord Fauci and Joe Biden and all of the liberal media has told her to do. She didn't ever exer- she didn't exercise at all. In fact, she exercised less. She didn't leave her house. She stayed on her couch. Um, she got all her food delivered to her, uh, and you know she did all that, and she got her vaccine and got boosted and still got COVID. Amazing, I know, uh, but it seems like she's doing okay, so I can make fun of her. You know, people do die uh, from COVID. I'm glad. I'm glad Whoopi is is you know is is not dying. That's I don't want anyone to die of anything. It's unfortunate when anyone passes away. So I just say that. But just the there's like a template that you know people follow these celebrities follow when they get covid these vaccinated boosted celebrities follow um first they talk about blah 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 get vaccinated get boosted do all these things then they get covid and then they say oh my god I'm so glad I did everything that they told me to do and got my my jab and my jab and my jab and I'm getting another jab and then another jab and then another jab. I'm so glad I got those three jabs because if I hadn't got those three jabs, I would probably be in an ICU right now. That's what everyone just assumes. They all assume like the worst possible outcome. When you look at, obviously you look at the data from COVID and it's like what, like a 2% chance. Well, if you're young and healthy, way less than that. But if you're like over 50 or 60, like a 2% chance that you're hospitalized. <laughs> and then with uh, with Omicron, with Omicron, um, it's way less than that. I'm, I mean, we don't have all the data yet, but I'm, I'm sure it will be. Especially now that all of a sudden, you know, when you have a million cases in a uh, in a day in the United States, they, they've decided, wait a minute, you know what? People might get kind of freaked out. Maybe we should start distinguishing in hospitalized patients the ones that are there, you know, getting their ankle surgery who happen to test positive for COVID and the ones who are on event and dying from COVID. You know, we might want to distinguish between those two cases because they're not exactly the same freaking data point. Well, you know what? Better late than never, I suppose. Uh, but they, they have to change the narrative because the, the, the data and the lived experience of people is, is so overwhelming. Uh, you know, since a week before Christmas until now, I, I can't even count the uh, the number of people that I know who uh, who have COVID, and I think you know everything is uh, at least to this point, from what I can tell, everyone's doing fine, doing well, and it seems they've all had Omicron and not Delta. Obviously, um, that's better to get Omicron than Delta, and uh, so that's good. I did want to talk about one more one more COVID point that I didn't plan, but it just just popped into my head. I don't have much time. I got to fit this in between uh, right now before we record our uh, our boring podcast uh, with Brian and Howie and Rico tonight. So I got only have like fifteen more minutes left. So I got to I got to go go go. Um, but I, I just wanted to talk about something I posted on Facebook and uh, Twitter and I forget where else, maybe Instagram too recently talking about how Joe Biden, um, the, the Biden administration sent this directive out in the middle of December that because 
Omicron was so prevalent. And at that time, the FDA was saying it was like 70% of the cases that they were stopping shipments on two of the most uh, effective Delta uh, monoclonal antibody treatments, which were the uh, Regeneron and Eli Lilly. And there was a third treatment, was which is apparently uh, better against Omicron than, than these other two. And I mean, the data on it, I don't know how good the data is. There's, I've heard some, uh, you know, some medical experts who I, I do respect um, say that there is some validity to that. Um, there were some in, in vitro studies done, but whatever. So say that's all true. Just this is, this is all facts here. All facts. What happened? Mid-December, you got hospitals still full of people with Delta. COVID does make people sick. No one's disputing that. You have people in the hospital with Delta who would be... You know, it would be good. It would be. It would help them if they could get access to Regeneron or Eli Lilly monoclonal antibodies. Probably give them a better chance of living. And the earlier they can get it, the better. As that's happening, the Biden administration stops the shipments and and and, and starts a uh, a supply shortage of these two antibody treatments, while the hospitals are full and while there's. At that point, they were saying there were what? It was 70% Omicron, uh, 30% uh, Delta. But they were actually wrong because weeks later, they backtracked and said, oh, wait a minute. Actually, now it's like 50%, 50%. This was like two weeks ago. And uh, so, so actually, they kind of they kind of missed the data point by about 20%. So there was at that point in time when, when they were doing that, it was probably 50-50 Delta, uh, Delta Omicron and, and and they're just ending treatments. Has there ever been another time in this nation's history when they, uh, when the U.S. government stopped, just made the delivery of an approved medicine, just stopped the availability of it, just said, no, nah, we're not going to, no more of that. No. <coughs> Sorry, no, no more of that out there. You guys don't need that. It's just unprecedented. I mean, you could compare it to, you know, what they've done with hydroxychloroquine and, uh, and the IV MAC-10, which will go unmentioned. Uh, but but that's, that's even, even that's different because you could still get that. Like the monoclonal antib- antibodies, they, they shut it off because the government had complete control, complete socialist control. Insane. Totally insane. Let's take a minute. I want to tell you guys about privacypost.io. So privacypost.io, you remember back on episode 308 of this show uh, with my friend Dallas, Dallas, the privacy postmaster. And Dallas is a great guy. Um, He has advised me and really helped me understand a lot of ways in my own personal life, uh, things I need to do to increase my privacy that I need to take his advice on. And uh, he's offered he's offered to help with that. He's, he's he's an excellent dude. I really want to encourage you to check out his service, PrivacyPost.io. What is it? Um, it's a privacy by default virtual mail and business center. Services include uh, virtual mail, a professional business address, privacy trust services, company formation, uh, Portugal D7 residency and virtual domicile in the privacy-respecting and income-tax-free state of South Dakota. PrivacyPost.io protects you from third parties, overreaching government agencies, and complicit cloud platforms invading your private, personal, and business information. Guys, privacy is freedom of association. 
It's uh, freedom of expression, of commerce, of mobility. Uh, privacy post. Make privacy post your partner in freedom. Go to privacypost.io for more information and make sure to tell them that you heard about them from us here at Finding Freedom and on Lions of Liberty. And uh, we would very much appreciate that. I really want to, you know, even if you're not uh, looking at leaving the country or you, you maybe you might not need a virtual uh, mail, mail or business center at this time, um, I would still encourage you to contact them and, uh, and learn about their services and learn how you can make your life more secure, more, pro- more protected um, from, uh, you know, from intruders. So, okay, privacypost.io. Moving on to what, what day is it? What day is it? It is January 6th. What happened on January 6th? I'm having a hard time remembering what happened on January 6th. Oh, that's right. That's right. Last year, January 6th, there was an insurrection and Trump's um, street uh, street army or whatever uh, took over the government and almost killed Mike Pence and was within a hair of murdering AOC. Is that right? No, none of that happened, actually. Uh, what happened on January 6th? Well, I'll tell you what happened. It was a classic FBI orchestrated um, false flag. Um, basically, with the FBI, a classic operation where they find people who are either easily manipulated or easily um, tricked into becoming patsies. And when you get people in a group, it can be even easier to do that. If you have people spaced strategically out and they know and they know what to do, someone like a like a Ray Epps. Um, if you don't know who Ray Epps is, I really want to encourage you to do this. Do this test first. Go to Google and type in Ray Epps and just hit search and look what comes up. And then go to DuckDuckGo and type in Ray Epps and see what comes up. In Google, you get like a bunch of background on him being a former basketball player and and all this stuff. You do not see a revolver.news article, which is excellent. DuckDuckGo, it's like the first or second thing that comes up. If you haven't read that Revolver article on Ray Epps, um, it is one of the best articles that spells out how this uh, fiasco was orchestrated. I'm not going to call it an insurrection. I'm not going to call it an attack. Um, It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just idiocracy, essentially. And I think the biggest lesson, the biggest lesson that libertarians uh, should take away from January 6th is that we got to make sure that this shit doesn't happen to us, that you, you listener, you don't get caught up in something like this. And that goes for um, in real life at rallies and protests and things of that nature. That goes for in the online community as well. Um, I would bet a million dollars that I don't have on the fact that there are FBI agents, there are CIA agents, there are government agents embedded within the liberty movement, probably in uh, places of influence, 
probably people that you trust and and think are cool and think are you know really uh on the on the bleeding edge and they're great shit posters just be careful guys i'm not i mean i'm not calling anybody out but we all know they're there and uh just be careful who you who you support who you get behind um go with your gut feeling they call it a gut feeling for a reason for a reason it's real and and you should always trust your gut but libertarians need to be on the lookout and i say that especially when you look at you look at what's happening um growing momentum which is good growing momentum with the uh, the mises caucus and a lot of people have uh have talked about this um, in the past, but you have this growing momentum with the Mises caucus who, who will take over uh, the, the libertarian party, which I think is, is mostly a, a good thing. Um, I don't know in the long run how much is going to matter. That's not really important to what I'm talking about right now. What you have to watch out for in that big collection of people coming in, there's going to be probably some feds, and they're going to be whispering some things in people's ears. And uh, when you out yourself in politics like that in a party, um, you open yourself up as a as a target. Well, doing a podcast like this, I'm opening myself up as a target. So not that there's anything necessarily, you know, just inherently wrong with, with doing that. I'm not saying you should always avoid politics or avoid becoming a, uh, a public figure or anything of, of that nature. What I'm saying is you just, you need to be cognizant of the, the risky position you're putting yourself in and be aware of people um, either using you or manipulating your words or be careful really how you allow your own reputation to become tied uh, to a certain narrative because that narrative can change. And if that narrative changes, um, you better be ready to you better be ready to, to make a move. Um, you better ready to uh, either get out of the movement or I don't know take take over the movement and change the narrative to, to what it should be. Uh, these these things happen and, and people people lose their way quickly. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying, for the love of God, we saw what happened on January 6th, how easy it is to manipulate people. I know libertarians are all brilliant, high IQ geniuses who that would never happen to. Something like that can never happen. But uh, it can happen, I'll tell you right now. So January 6th. Now, a lot of people have compared January 6th um, in the United States last year to what is happening right now in Kazakhstan. And I'll tell you what, I think it's a uh, pretty apt comparison, honestly. And now people have said that what's happening in Kazakhstan, of course, um, what's happened there, if you haven't followed uh, the people, with air quotes, the people have, uh, have stormed government buildings. And they've done this under the, the guise of uh, rising energy prices. The government had price controls in artificially suppressing um, liquefied natural gas. And a lot of the vehicles over there are run on liquefied nat- natural gas because it's so um, so prevalent. And they removed those price controls. Prices went up and the people 
they're, they're saying this is the reason why the people have, have overthrown the government. Um, they, a bunch of government officials have resigned. There's sort of like a shadow government there, the way I understand it, that the, the previous uh, ruler who really built up the, the country and was a former, former uh, Communist Party uh, leader, he was still involved. He's he's been removed. His family members have allegedly been you know removed from the government as they're trying to to quell this uh, this uprising. But what do we all know? Of course, <clears throat> of course, Russia is saying the U.S. is behind uh, you know behind this uprising, uh, behind behind the violence and the burning of buildings and, and things of that nature. Um, is it true? Probably. I mean, if you see a uh, a foreign government being overthrown. <clears throat> the chances of the U.S. being involved in some capacity, I would put it like 99%. There's a 1% chance it happens on its own, but I would say 99% chance the U.S. is uh, actively overthrowing the Kazakhstan government. And of course, you have on the other side, you have Russia coming in with a coalition of uh, you know former Soviet bloc countries as peacekeepers. As peacekeepers. I don't believe that either. There's a uh, a 99% chance they're not peacekeepers and they're trying to gain gain influence as well. So keep all that in mind, you know, comparisons of this to uh to January 6th about the only real comparison is that the federal government is is involved in it. I bet everything on it. Um so yeah, that's that's Kazakhstan and I am unfortunately out of time for today's episode. It's it's a very short episode and I do apologize for that. I will say um, I'm working very hard uh, to bring some, I'll just say groundbreaking episodes uh, to you guys on Finding Freedom. Um, I'm in talks with some medical doctors who have some things to say about the jab and uh, will be saying those things publicly. I'm not sure when that or maybe more than one of those shows could possibly air. Um, I don't want to uh, promise something I can't deliver, but I'm confident I can get at least one uh, a doctor who, who has been speaking out against the effects of the jab. So that one won't go on YouTube. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Straight to Odyssey for that one. But guys, I want to thank you for listening. Just want to remind you a couple things before I let you go. I want to tell you guys about another podcast, one targeted for Christian anarchists. It's called Daniel 3, Biblical Anarchy. It's focused on examining how a Christian should view the state and human authority and the principles of libertarianism. Um, It's exploring the entanglements between the church and the state to being Christians back to no king but Christ. There's episodes about philosophy, anarchism, politics, economics, and interviewing really interesting guests. So if you're a Christian and an anarchist like myself, or even if you're not, and you're just interested in learning about Christianity and anarchism, please do check out Daniel 3, Biblical Anarchy with Jacob Winograd. And also, this show, of course, is brought to you by the Lions of Liberty Pride. If you are not a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride, please consider joining uh, by going to patreon.com slash lionsofliberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com and 
subscribe or not subscribe and join the pride at as little as five dollars a month uh you get access to all our bonus content and uh as levels go up you get more stuff i'll let you figure that out on your own just check it out that's all i have to say and i want to thank you all for listening always remember to keep your head up and the fire's liberty burning